Among the brightest years ever entered in the baseball book was 1951. It marked the 75th anniversary of the National League. The American League celebrated its 50th anniversary. The New York Yankees clinched the American League pennant in the final week of a topsy-turvy season. And the New York Giants staged one of the most courageous and dramatic pennant stretch drives the game has ever seen. On August 11th, there were 13 and a half games behind the first place Brooklyn Dodgers. Then the Giants, inspired by manager Leo DeRocha, with a fighting spirit that recognized no odds, won 37 of their last 44 games to gain a permanent tie with Brooklyn on the final day of the season. The Giants won the opener of the playoff series, then dropped the second game. Now it's the third and final game. The Dodgers' Don Newcomb is opposing the Giants' Sal Magley. In the eighth, the Dodgers lead two to one and have runners on first and third when Andy Pasco hits one that's too hot for Bobby Thompson to handle. Duke Snyder scores and Jackie Robinson moves to second. Then Bill Cox slams a hit into the left field corner, scoring Robinson, and the Dodgers lead four to one. Last of the ninth, same score. Giants at bat. Alvin Dark's on first. Don Mueller drills a single past Hodges, moving Dark to third. Whitey Lockman smashes a double to left field. Dark scores. Arriving at third, Mueller injures his ankle, and he's carried out of the game. Lockman's double drives Don Newcomb from the mound. Ralph Franca relieves him. Clint Hartung is in to run for Mueller. Two runners on base, one out. The Giants trailing four to two. Bobby Thompson up. Franca's first pitch is strike one. Here's the second pitch. And it's gone into the lower left field stand. A stunning clutch hit three-run homer for Bobby Thompson that echoes around the world and wins the National League pennant for the New York Giants. Pandemonium breaks loose in the shadow of Coogan's bluff. The polo grounds is a little world gone mad as Thompson's homer writes an incredible fairyland finish to a breathless and fantastic flag race without duplication in the annals of baseball. This great day for the Giants and their hero Bobby Thompson is a storybook climax of their never-say-die pursuit of a seemingly unreachable pennant. And the lion's share of the credit goes to their manager, Leo DeRocha, who never admitted defeat in their spectacular rags-to-riches rise to the pinnacle of National League championship. Frenzied adulation and excitement permeate all Manhattan as DeRocha and his fighting Giants get ready to meet the New York Yankees in the World Series. Gigantic Yankee Stadium is just three quarters of a mile across the Harlem River from the Polo Grounds. So the entire series will be played in a square mile area of New York City. It's the 14th World Series for the Giants, the 18th for the Yankees. Five times these teams have met before in World Series competition, and the Yankees have a three to two edge. In his three years as Yankee manager, Casey Stendhal has piloted them to three American League pennants and two world titles. Stendhal and the Giants manager, Leo DeRocha, meet before game time. 
The Yankees' ace right-hander, Allie Reynolds, will open on the mound. During the final week of the season, he pitched his second no-hit-no-run triumph of the year. Opposing Reynolds will be southpaw Dave Carslow, who was a vital factor in the Giants' dazzling stretch drive for the pennant. Among the Giants' most illustrious rooters is Mrs. Leo DeRocha, known to millions as movie star Lorraine Day. Another enthusiastic spectator is Ford Frick, High Commissioner of Baseball. Also on hand is the new National League President, Warren Giles. William Harridge, President of the American League, is out to root for his side in this classic Battle of the Diamond. League rivalries are silenced for a few minutes, and the great multitude in Yankee Stadium stands reverently united. All attention turned to the raising of the stars and stripes. The umpires clarify the ground rules, and the official starting lineups are exchanged. Commissioner Ford Frick throws out the first ball, and the game is officially started. After retiring the first two giants, Allie Reynolds walks Hank Thompson. Monty Irvin slaps a clean single in the right field. And Thompson goes into third. With the game only a few minutes old, the Giants are threatening. Whitey Lockman is the batter. He slices a drive that bounces into the left field corner stands for a ground rule double. It scores Thompson and puts Irvin on third. Now Bobby Thompson, the Giants' pennant-clinching hero, is at bat. Here comes Irvin, and he's safe. Monty Irvin is the first World Series runner to steal home in 30 years and the seventh in series history. The Giants lead two to nothing. After one out in the Yankee half of the first, Phil Rizzuto burns a base hit off the glove of Alvin Dart. Then Hank Bauer blasts a tremendous drive to left, where Monty Irvin stabs the ball an instant before it clears the fence and robs Bauer of a two-run homer. That's two away and brings up Joe DiMaggio. He pops a high, looping fly to short right center, where speedy Hank Thompson makes a running, sprawling catch to retire the Yankees. In the Yankee second, McDougal hammers a hard drive into the left field corner for a two-base hit. Then Jerry Coleman bloops a Texas leaguer in short right field where Hank Thompson bobbles it and McDougal scores on the error. Now it's Giants 2, Yankees 1. That score still stands on the top of the fifth with only one out when the Giants spark plug Monty Irvin finds one he likes and belts him into right center for a triple and his third consecutive hit. But he fails to score. Allie Reynolds retires the next two batters in order. In the Giants' sixth, Wes Westrom pulls a low-line single past third. With one out, Dave Coslow sacrifices Westrom to second. Stanky works Reynolds for the 3-2 count, then walks. That puts runners on first and second as Alvin Dark comes to the plate. He sees one he likes and spouts a line drive far into the lower left field stand. It's a big three-run homer for Dark, 
It scores Weston and Stanky ahead of him and gives the Giants a substantial lead of five to one. After Hank Thompson walks, Monty Irvin gets his fourth hit in his first four times at bat. That ties the record for hits by one batsman in a World Series game. Thompson moves to third, but there's no further scoring in the inning. The Giants continue to lead five to one in the last half of the night. Dave Coslow has pitched brilliantly all the way. He runs out the string on Jerry Coleman and walks him. Big Johnny Mize, pinch batting for Joe Collins, pops the dart. Gene Woodling bats for relief pitcher Tom Morgan. Coslow fires a call third strike past Woodling and it's two away. Then Mickey Mantle lifts a high flyer to Willie Mays that ends the ball game and a five to one win for the Giants and gives them an important one to nothing lead in the series. The men of the hour are giant hurler Dave Coslow who had complete control of the game all the way and Monty Irvin who had a day at bat in the field and on the bases. That was one of the best individual performances a World Series game has produced. The triple decks of Yankee Stadium are being thronged by 66,018 spectators to witness the second game. Among them are Del Webb and Dan Topping, co-owners of the Yankees. Horace Stoneham, head of the New York Giants. The St. Louis Cardinals' brilliant star, Stan Musial, five times the National League batting champion. Yankee Southpaw Ed Lopat, who pitched 21 victories during the season, will go on the mound against the Giants' big right-hander, Larry Jansen, who collected 23 wins for the year. Mickey Mantle opens the Yankee first with a drag bunt. Jansen makes a great try for it, it takes a tumble as Mantle beats it out. Phil Rizzuto follows with another bunt and beats it out. Lockton throws wildly to Stanky covering first and Mantle races to third on the error. The next batter, Gil McDougald, loops a single into short right field that scores Mantle and the Yankees lead for the first time in the series. After two outs in the Yankees half of the second inning, first baseman Joe Collins lofts a floating homer into the lower right field stands. The round trip is Collins' second hit of the series and gives the Yankees a two to nothing lead in the game. It's the Giants' seventh. Hank Bowers in right field for the Yankees. Leading off, Monty Irvin hangs a single straight through the middle for his sixth hit of the series in eight trips to the plate. Lockman is the next batter up. He singles to center. Irvin holds up at second. Mays follows with an attempt at sacrifice, but Brown nails Lockman at second. Mays beats Rizzuto's throw to first, and Irvin pulls up at third. With only one out and the tying run on base, Westrom walks, loading the bases. Hank Shens comes in to run for Westrom. Bill Rigney bats for Hank Thompson. Rigney gets hold of one and smashes the sacrifice fly deep to Bauer. 
Irvin scores and Mays moves to third. Now the Giants trail two to one and Lopat is still on the spot. Then Ray Noble batting for pitcher Jansen pops up a foul that Yogi Berra gathers in to end the rally in the inning with two giant runners left on base. Clint Hartung is in right field. Ray Noble is catching and George Spencer is pitching for the Giants. Bobby Brown opens the bottom of the eighth with a single to center. Billy Martin runs for Brown. Collins is thrown out by Bob Thompson. Then Ed Lopat rams a base hit through the center. Martin tallies. The Yanks lead three to one. Giant ninth. Jerry Coleman's at second for the Yanks. Irvin leads off with a one base blow in the left center field. That makes seven hits for Monty in the first two games. Lockman follows with a grounder to Coleman that forces Irvin at second. Willie Mays wraps the grounder to deep third that forces Lockman at second. And Ed Lopat, who has pitched fine ball all the way, is one out away from victory. Then Clint Hartung smashes a bounder to Collins, and Lopat takes the toss that rewards him with the second World Series victory of his pitching career. Lopat allowed only five hits and two walks in the Yankees' three-to-one conquest over the Giants. The series is all tied up. The scene of action moves across the Harlem River to the Polo Grounds in the lee of Coogan's Bluff for the third game. 52,035 fans, the largest crowd ever to witness a World Series game in a National League ballpark, are gathering in the polo grounds. Today, DeRosa is depending on the good right arm of big Jim Hearn against the Yankees veteran right-hander, Vic Rashi, a 21-game winner during the past season. To Mrs. John McGraw, widow of the immortal giant manager, goes the honor of throwing out the first ball at the polo grounds and the game is underway. Leading off in the Giants' second, Bob Thompson drills a hit through Brown's legs. It's a two-base hit for Thompson. Then Mays drives a single into right field that scores Thompson. And the Giants take an early one-to-nothing lead in the ballgame. The Giants' one-to-nothing lead still stands in the bottom of the fifth frame. After one out, Eddie Stanky walks in a full count. Dark's the next batter. And there goes Stanky. He's caught stealing second, but kicks the ball out of Rizzuto's glove into center field and continues to third on the two-base error. When play is resumed, with the infield drawn in, Dark drives a base hit straight away in the center field, scoring Stanky. And the Giants have a two to nothing lead. Hank Thompson smashes a hit and run single into right field that moves Dark to third. Monty Irvin bangs a sharp one to Brown. Dark is called out at the plate. But Vera drops the ball. Umpire Paparella reverses his decision. Vieira tallies run number three for the Giants. 
Hank Thompson went to second on the play. Irvin's on first, still one away. Whitey Lockman is the batter. He gets set and rifles a low line drive into the right field stand. Lockman's homer scores Thompson and Irvin ahead of him. Whitey tallies the fifth run of the inning and the Giants have a commanding six to nothing lead. Lockman's three run blast is the end of the line for the Yankee hurler Vic Rashi. Bob Hogue comes in to take over on the mound and retires the next two batters. Going into the eighth, the Yanks still trail six to nothing. Rizzuto, the first man up, is hit hard on the right forearm. Gil McDougald then rams a base hit in the center field. Rizzuto holds up at second. There's one away when Barra taps a slow roller. Hearn has to make the play at first, and both runners advance. Bobby Brown walks to load the bases. Collins works Hearn for a 3-2 count, then walks, forcing Rizzuto over the plate with the first Yankee tally of the game. This eighth pass issued by Jim Hearn brings DeRosha from the dugout. Sheldon Jones is called to the mound, and Hearn takes that same long walk that Rashi took a little while ago. When Jones shuts the door in Bauer's face, three men are left in base, and the Yankee threat is over. There's one away in the Yankee ninth when Gene Woodling takes his stand in the batter's box. Jones pitches, and Woodling hammers a well-hit drive that clears the right center field wall. Woodling's round trip is the second Yankee homer of the series. After the second out, Gil McDougal follows to Lockman to end the game in a 6-2 victory for the Giants as they take a 2-1 lead in the series. This is the Polo Grounds on Sunday, October 7th. A desolate diamond drowned under torrential rains, and the prospects of another record-breaking attendance went down the drain. The next day, the sun smiles down from a cloudless sky. It's perfect baseball weather. Always on the alert is the excellent press corps, so vital to the color and scope of baseball the cream of our country's sports writers who report the World Series story to millions of fans back home. The Giants pitching chore will be in the hands of their tall right-hander, Sal Magley, who won 23 games during the season. Tengel will start with Allie Reynolds, who is making his second appearance on the mound for the Yanks. In the Giants' half of the first inning, there's one away. When Alvin Dark smashes a drive off the left field corner wall for a two-base hit, On the second out, Dark advances to third. Then Monty Irvin steps up to the plate and clouts a single for his eighth hit of the series. It scores Dark, and once again, the Giants take an early lead. Lockman is up. Irvin breaks for second. Rizzuto leaps to grab Bearer's throw, then comes down hard. Irvin's out. 
as Rizzuto completes a dazzling defensive play to nip the giant rally and close the inning. Dean Woodling opens the top of the second frame with a little blooper that falls just inside the left field line. And it's a two-base hit for Woodling. McDougal follows with a slow roller to Bob Thompson who boots it. McDougal is safe on the error. Woodling holds second. Then Bobby Brown uncorks a mighty blast that sends Mays ranging far back to haul it in. He slips and falls hard when he tries to put on the brakes and Woodling jogs easily to third after the catch. McDougal holds first. When Joe Collins lines a base hit into right field, Woodling tallies a tying run. It's one to one. There's no further score in the inning. With one away in the Yankee fourth, Bobby Brown wraps the ground at a deep short and beats it out for a base hit. Sal Magley runs out the string on Collins, then loses him and Brown moves to second. There are two strikes on Allie Reynolds when he furthers his own cause with a single to center. He scores Brown. Reynolds is caught in a rundown between Dark and Lockman and is tagged out. The Yanks continue to lead two to one on the top of the fifth. Yogi Berra, the second man up, punches a base hit into right field. DiMaggio comes into the batter's box. Magley gets set. Joe connects with a solid blow and clouts a mighty two-run homer into the upper left field deck. It's his eight-round trip wallop in 10 World Series. Barra scores ahead of Joe, and the Yanks go out ahead four to one. It's their biggest inning in the series so far. Now it's the Giants' half of the sixth inning. Alvin Dark comes up again. He cuts the corner at third base with his third consecutive double of the game, all into the left field corner. This is Dark's seventh hit of the series, and for the second time in the game, he's left stranded on second base. The Yankees still hold their four to one lead in the top of the seventh. Sheldon Jones, who replaced Magley in the sixth, is on the mound for the Giants. Scooter Rizzuto leads off and bangs the first pitch for a base hit. After two outs, Woodling walks, and Rizzuto moves to second. McDougal is up. Westrom throws to Stanky and traps Rizzuto way off second. Stanky's throw bounces off the Scooter as he arrives at third, and he races home to score run number five for the Yankees. Woodling went to second on the error. Then Gil McDougal wraps the single to left. drives Woodling home with another run that increases the Yankee lead to six to one. That score still stands going into the last half of the ninth, which Hank Thompson opens with a walk. Then Monty Irvin connects with his ninth hit of the series. Thompson holds up at second. After one out, Bob Thompson drills a hit past McDougal into the left field corner. It scores Hank Thompson with run number two for the Giants. Irvin goes to third on the play. Then Willie Mays bangs into a double play for the third time in the game. 
This one erases the giant threat and ends the contest in a 6-2 triumph for the Yankees. Allie Reynolds went the distance to turn in a fine pitching performance. For the second time, the Yanks have fought from behind to tie up the series. Rogers Hornsby, one of baseball's all-time great batting champions and new manager of the St. Louis Browns, talks with Gil McDougall. The Philadelphia Athletics manager, Jimmy Dykes, chats with Yankee coach Bill Dickey. On the mound, it'll be Yankee Ed Lopat again opposing Larry Jansen for the second time in the series. In the Giants' half of the first inning, Alvin Dark laps a single in the left. It's Dark's eighth hit of the series. Then Monty Irvin steps up to bat and hammers out his tenth hit of the series. When Woodling fumbles it, Dark scores all the way from first. And once more, the Giants are off to a fast start. They still lead one to nothing in the top of the third. After one out, Jansen walks both Woodling and Rizzuto. Barra slashes one to Lockman. It forces Rizzuto at second. Woodling takes third in the play. Then Joe DiMaggio singles the short left scoring Woodling. Irvin kicks the ball around. Terra goes to third, and DiMaggio to second on the error. With first base open, the big Yankee veteran, Johnny Mize, is purposely passed to get at rookie Gil McDougall. The bases are loaded. Two men are out. McDougall rises to the challenge. And there it goes. A mighty four-run blast into the upper left field stand. This crushing blow is only the third Grand Slam home run in all of World Series history. McDougall is the first rookie ever to do it. Now the Giants are on the short end of a 5-1 score. In the bottom of the Giants' third, Alvin Dark bangs out his fifth hit in his last six times at bat and his ninth of the series, but he's left on base. Now it's the Yankee fourth. Monty Kennedy has replaced Jansen in the mound for the Giants. Woodling's on base with a walk. Scooter Rizzuto is up. He punches a drive that barely clears the wall just inside the right field line. It's a two-run homer for Phil as the Yankees surge ahead 7-1. to one. The Yankees made it 9-1 to one on the top of the sixth. In the last half of the sixth, the Giants star Monty Irvin singles for his 11th hit of the series. He needs only one more to tie the all-time series record. The Yanks collect four more runs in the seventh and go into the ninth with an overwhelming lead of 13 to one. Now it's the last half of the ninth. After one out, Irvin hammers a mighty drive into left center where Woodling robs Monty of his powerful bid for that record-tying 12th hit. Then Whitey Lockman wraps a high hopper to Rizzuto for the final out. And the Yankees have routed the Giants 13 to one. It's a splendid victory for pitcher Eddie Lopez. His second five hit triumph gives the Yankees a three to two edge in the series. The 
Braves moves out of the shadow of Coogan's Bluff and back to Yankee Stadium for the crucial sixth game. The entire baseball world is tense with excitement. Casey Stendhal and coach Frank Crosetti talk things over with Ed Barrows, a former Yankee executive. Manager Stendhal is counting on Vic Rashi, who lost the third game, to come through today and close the series. Manager Leo DeRocha hopes to tie up the series again. He's pinning his confidence on southpaw Dave Coslow, who won the opener. In the Yankees' first inning, Jerry Coleman singles sharply to center. Sarah follows with a smash that hits the right field wall and bounces back so fast that Coleman is held at third. But Barra's in there at second with an extra base hit. When Joe DiMaggio takes his place in the batter's box, he sets an all-time World Series record. This is his 51st World Championship game. Veteran Joe is purposely passed to get at Gil McDougald, and the bases are loaded. When McDougald flies to Mays, Coleman scores, and this time it's the Yanks who take the early lead. There's no further score in the inning. After one out in the Giants' third, Rashi walks Dark. Lockman follows with a grounder to Rizzuto, who forces Dark, then doubles Lockman at first. Mays opens the top of the fifth for the Giants with a base hit in the center field. With Dave Coslow at bat, a pass ball advances Mays to second. Then Coslow smashes one deep into right field where Bauer hauls it in. Mays takes third after the catch. Eddie Stanky unleashes a blast that chases Woodling back before he gathers it in. Mays tallies after the catch, and the ball game is all tied up at one to one. That score continues into the bottom of the sixth. There's one away when Yogi Berra slashes a base hit into the right field corner. Thompson bobbles it. Berra races to second on the error. DiMaggio draws an intentional walk. McDougald is at bat. Coslow lets loose a wild pitch, and both runners advance. It's the first Yankee threat since the opening frame. McDougal hits a hunchback drive to Thompson that fails to help the Yankee cause, and it's two away. Carslow gets deeper in the hole when he walks Johnny Myers, filling the bases. The last Yankee hope in this inning rides on every pitch as Bauer works Carslow for the full count. All three runners are on the move, and there it goes, a tremendous blow that just misses clearing the left center field fence. Sarah, DiMaggio, and Mize cross the plate. Irvin finally gets the ball, and Bauer hauls up at third with a three-run triple, a crushing blow to the Giants as the Yankees forge ahead four to one. Bauer fails to score. The score remains unchanged, and Johnny Sane, who relieved Vic Rafsky in the seventh, is on the mound for the Yankees when Irvin opens the giant eighth with another try for his 12th hit, but Woodling steals it from him. There are two away when Sane runs out the count on Hank Thompson, then loses him. 
Westrom follows with a Texas leaguer that falls safely for a single. Davey Williams runs for Westrom. Then Mays works same for ball four, and the bases are loaded. With a tying run on base, Ray Nobley comes up to bat to pitcher Jim Hearn, who replaced Dave Coslow in the seventh. It's strike two. Strike three, cries umpire Ballantyne. And Johnny Sane retires Nobley with three pitches to kill the giant rally and leave three men on base. In the Yankee eight, Larry Jansen is pitching. When Joe DiMaggio leads off with a powerful line drive between Mays and Thompson for a double. McDougal's bunch and Jansen's perfect throw nails Joe at third. The Yanks still lead four to one going into the crucial ninth inning. Stanky opens it with a base hit down the third baseline. He moves to second when Dark beats out a surprise punch. The Giants have a rally going with nobody out. Lockman wraps one towards right and it's in there. The bases are loaded. Still nobody out. Stengel decides to remove Johnny Sane, and pitcher Bob Kozava makes his first appearance in the series. The great throng is abuzz with excitement. Monty Irvin is the next batter. It's the most crucial moment of his career. He still needs that 12th hit to tie the all-time World Series record. He wallops a long, hard fly ball to Woodling. Stanky scores after the catch and the other runners advance to second and third. With one out, two men on, and the Giants trailing four to two, their pennant hero, Bob Thompson, comes to bat. There it goes. But Woodling falls it in. Dark scores after the catch, and the Giants still have the tying run on base. Manager DeRocha sends catcher Sal Evars up to bat for Hank Thompson. Evars lines the first pitch to right field where Hank Bauer saves the game that he won with his triple. In one of the most dramatic, spine-tingling World Series finishes ever recorded, the Yankees defeat the Giants four to three and take the series four games to two. The irrepressible National League champions fought it out all the way in a hard-hitting seesaw battle where, in many spots, one base hit could have swayed the balance and reversed the victory. The Yankees had to fight from behind twice in the series to climb up and win their 14th world title in the last 31 years. Proud Casey Stengel has managed them to three world championships in three consecutive years. And thus the record book closes on 1951, one of the most brilliant and thrilling years in all the exciting history of baseball. Thank you.